Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy that you are here. If you are new to the show, welcome. Today I am coming to you live from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yes, you heard that right. I'm currently in La Isla del Encanto in a mastermind retreat that is part of my liberation mastermind that I am in with my own business coach and all of my mastermind sisters. And I will have to say that being here in this expansive energy, it is so, so magical. And I've had so many moments of reflection leading my way here to this trip because this is my third year. I'm starting my third year of business and I'm planning for my third year of business, which is absolutely crazy to think about. And I had a very emotional moment on the flight here because I was thinking about how I, guys, like just two and a half years ago, I was literally, literally traveling for work. I was a therapist. I was supporting therapy clients inside of community mental health. And I was super burnt out, super overwhelmed, overworked, feeling stuck. And my reality looks just absolutely different from when I started. Literally just to look at my the life that I was living just two years ago. And now it's like black and white. Like it is so, so different. And now I get to travel for my business. And it is absolutely insane to know that like I could tell my assistant, you know, cancel my meetings for the week or reschedule my meetings for the week. I'm flying to Puerto Rico for planning purposes for my business. It is absolutely mind-blowing to me Never in a million years would I have imagined that this would be a possibility. So why am I sharing all of this with you? One, to give you a behind the scenes of what is going on in my personal life. And that's something that I also want to do moving forward for these episodes, just to give you a little bit of the behind the scenes, what's happening in my personal life, but also in my business and all of the magical things I have going on. But also more than anything, I'm sharing it with you because this trip has really inspired me thinking about the realities of what options you can have when you are a therapist and how the trajectory of your life can be very, very different. And it doesn't have to look like you just working for community mental health or working for an agency or working for a private practice. If you, you know, if you are in a place where you are just really burned out in the field and you do have options, right? So I'm sharing this with you because if you haven't heard the last couple of episodes, I'm going to be hosting a free webinar. You heard that right. My first time ever that I host a free training and I'm going to be talking about how to double your private practice income with coaching in that training. So if you are a therapist, therapist in training, counselor, social worker, and you identify with this work, I want to invite you to come join us. It's going to be taking place Saturday, January 28th at 11 a.m. CST. We're going to come together for an hour and we're going to talk about real life stuff. We're going to help you really identify how to double your private practice income so that you can finally stop offering sliding scales. And I'm going to really teach you the process of 
being okay with pricing, right? Being okay with charging for your services without feeling guilty for leaving your community down and being inaccessible, right? So it makes me really excited to be hosting this training. And today's episode was inspired by this trip in the sense and this training in the sense that I want you to really listen to a mixture of the three top episodes that I've talked about that are really going to support you in this process. If you know that you're feeling called to do more, you feel stuck in your therapy career right now, you feel overworked and underpaid, and you know that you want to start integrating coaching into your business model, this episode is going to be for you. So I hope that you enjoy this replay going down memory lane of three of the top most popular episodes that are going to support you in making a decision right now of integrating coaching into your current business model. Hi, and welcome to the Latina CEO Identity Podcast, a show for Latinas who want to take the unconventional path. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Liz Fernandez, a first-generation daughter of immigrants and therapist turned multi-six-figure CEO and identity coach. I help Latinas create and claim their identity as booked-out coaches and entrepreneurs. In this show, you will have a space to help you realize just how gifted and extraordinary you already are so that you start tapping into your gifts and start creating your Latina CEO identity. Lista? Let's get into today's episode. As the eldest daughter of immigrants, I wanted to start off by saying that I have defied statistics my whole entire life. I've always made decisions that have been deemed unconventional and that people didn't quite really understand starting by leaving my home unmarried, which if you're Mexican, you know that this is a definite no, depending on how conservative your parents are. The second thing I did that was super unconventional, at least in my experience, was moving away for college, applying to grad school and pursuing my degree in psychotherapy, deciding to start my coaching business in the middle of my grad program and during the pandemic, graduating with my degree in therapy and not pursuing my practice as a therapist after graduation, to quitting my nine to five and going full time in my coaching business, to now packing all of my life and moving abroad to live in a totally different country. There was so much more that I wanted to do. I didn't want to just limit myself to doing therapy work. Although I love therapy work and I will always be a therapist in my heart and soul and probably at some point in my future, I definitely did not feel completely fulfilled and I didn't see myself working for an agency long term. So I decided to revisit my thoughts of being a coach, which had come up for me when I was an undergrad. I literally kid you not, it took me five years to start my coaching business because I was using time as a cop-out. I had no idea how I was going to become a coach, what it was going to unfold, what what it was going to look like. During this time, I really thought that I was going to start building my personal brand to build up my therapy clientele. And by the time that I finished grad school, I would already have a certain following, a certain branding so that I could open a private practice. None of that happened. As you can tell, I am totally not a therapist or practicing therapist right now. I am an identity coach. So 
Long story short, that is exactly how I decided to finally start taking the steps I needed to take to start my coaching business. I invested in this group program. I created a group signature program as a general life coach. Then I shifted into coaching coaches. And now I'm doing this work for entrepreneurs that want to create their identity as booked out coaches. So all this to say that it took me being in a very desperate, in a very dark place in order for me to finally take that leap and courage and faith in myself to actually launch my coaching business. I also forgot to mention that I used my stimulus check to pay for this coaching investment because at the time I was like a broke college student that was just trying to get through grad school, living in the Silicon Valley and with roommates. So yes, I did start my coaching business from my grad school, little tiny room and the Zoom, which, you know, Santa Clara University paid for because, you know, I was a student at the time. So, you know, we are resourceful as Latinas. We either find a way or we make a way. And that is exactly what I did, which led me to tripling my income in my first year of business and quitting my nine to five. Never in a million years did I think that I was ever going to leave my nine to five because at the time, all I wanted was to feel fulfilled. All I wanted was to serve in a different way. I felt so constricted to the institutions, the systems, and just the way that the gatekeeping is for therapists that I didn't want to wait until I finished grad school to start serving my community. I wanted to create a bigger impact. And that is essentially what I created. That is essentially how I started my coaching company and investment after investment, working on managing my thoughts and believing in myself and strengthening my self-concept is really how I have created this almost soon-to-be multi-six-figure company. And I still am in awe of everything that I've created to this day, realizing that just a year and nine months ago, my life was so different from what it looks like now. It just never fails to amaze me. Not only did starting my business help me pay off credit card debt, move into my dream apartment alone in the Silicon Valley, and leave my nine-to-five, but it also helped me grow so much as an entrepreneur. It helped me heal and it gave me the time freedom I always dreamed of, literally allowing me to create the life of my dreams. I think back to my mom. My mom has been working in agriculture since she was eight years old and she still does to this day. She's a farm worker in the central uh, coast in California. And so I grew up in this farm working community and I remember. The off season, my mom used to work, she still only worked six months out of the year. And during her off season, she would find different ways of making money. So I remember like my, the off season where she would make bolis. For those of you that don't know what bolis are, they're essentially like uh, popsicles. I think I'm explaining it right, but they're almost like, yeah, popsicles. I'm, that's as clear as it's going to get with my level of vocabulary today. But essentially, they would be like popsicles. She would make strawberry water because she works in the fields picking strawberries. And she would make agua de fresa, strawberry water. She would put the water in little Ziploc bags and she would freeze them up. And she would put them in the, in the refrigerator, freeze them up. And then she would send me to sell them to my friends for like a quarter. And I just always respected 
the different ways in which she would find ways of making money when she was off her season, off her strawberry season. And this was only one example of the many things she did. She used to sell tamales. She used to make carpetas and like she cosia, you know, and like really just a whole bunch of different creative ways in which she could find ways to make money. And at the time, we never saw it as an entrepreneur perspective, right? And then I also saw my dad and my dad wasn't really in my childhood so much. I grew up in experiencing a lot of, of domestic violence in my family and my dad, you know, really navigated alcohol use in my upbringing. So he was never really around. But a couple of the memories that I do have from him when when I was a little girl was that he had such a big passion for singing and for like being social and bringing happiness to people and bringing joy to people through his music. And he used to book side gigs on the weekends where he wasn't working in the field as well. And then I have my abuelito as another example. So all of these examples of people in my family that were entrepreneurs, and I didn't even see it as that from a young age. Like I mentioned my abuelito, he was a mariachi his whole entire life. He followed his dream of becoming a mariachi and really letting go of his responsibility and pressure of really raising and taking care of his family financially um, in Michoacan when he was growing up being the youngest of like eight, nine siblings at the time. So all this to say, like I'm sharing all of these examples of my story and like the people in my family that found a way of just exploring their dreams that they once upon a time thought that were not possible, right? I think back to stories that my mom has told me, that my dad has told me, that my abuelito has told me about how their notion of work was to do the traditional thing, which was the more you work, the harder you work, the more money you get, the better opportunities you have, and the more successful you'll be. Because of the environment that they grew up in and the lack of resources, the lack of financial stability, household insecurities, and everything that they experienced, to them, they always knew that there was more out there, but they just never really felt like they could approach it or they just never really felt like they could go and do the thing full time. My mom's biggest dream has always been to be an entrepreneur and work for herself. My dad's biggest dream was to be a full-time musician and he didn't really quite get to live that dream out fully because of just like life things coming up and all of the things. And my abuelito actually did. My abuelito is such a good example and one of my biggest inspirations in life because he went full-time in his business as a mariachi and he was born in the 1930s, y'all. Like he is in his late 80s right now, but he stuck to his vision and he went with it despite the social and cultural pressures of his experience as a male in the Mexican culture. So all of this background and context that I'm providing you with, I share because I know that so many of you have similar stories. I know that as Latinos and Latinas in our culture, entrepreneurship literally is in our blood. Our ancestors have found every single way of being resourceful and resilient and like making a way or finding a way, right? So part of my process of stepping into entrepreneurship and into my identity as an entrepreneur was really giving myself permission to explore it and to look at how 
resilient, how resourceful, and just how capable and extraordinary my lineage is. And even though there's a lot of cultural and social just narratives that we internalize and just a lot of beliefs that we have around what entrepreneurship looks like. I always wanted to look back to these examples and look at them from the perspective of like, how can that serve me? How is this serving me for this chapter I'm stepping into? And I thought about like, I've had great examples, whether my family members and, you know, my lineage stepped into entrepreneurship fully or not, I saw these little steps of, you know, courage that my family members took as an example of what I could create. And I saw it as an inspiration, even though for them at the time, it probably wasn't any of that. Maybe to them, it was like survival, right? Like I need to find a way to eat and this is what I have to do. They probably didn't even see it as this whole like I'm following my dreams and my passions and this whole expansiveness right at the time I'm sure that they saw it as like listen like I just need to feed my kids I need to make sure we're surviving and I need to get the bills paid however even though that is very valid and that was their experience I chose to see that as inspiration for my own journey and for me to get you know tener las ganas y tener la valentía de hacerlo because if my family had the willingness and the ganas and the courage and the bravery, I know that that was passed down to me. One of the most common questions I get is, Liz, how do you know if coaching is for you? And here's what I want to offer if you've ever been wondering this question. If you are in the helping profession, if you enjoy guiding, mentoring, supporting, and encouraging others, and or if you are a go-to for advice and support, if you identify with any of these, know that if the vision is in you, the vision is for you. And that was given to you for a reason. And here's the thing, something that comes up very often for the women that I serve is that they really question whether they can take this leap and get started as coaches and start their coaching business. Regardless of the niche that you are thinking of exploring, of pursuing, one of the most common blocks that I see is that clients feel like they are not qualified or know enough to create this whole identity around establishing a career in the coaching industry. I would even go as far as saying that the number one reason or the number one thought that stops someone and just women in general from starting their coaching businesses is the thought that they are not qualified enough yet. It's not even that they don't know the steps because here's the thing. I can teach you all of the steps, but if you don't believe that you can call yourself a coach and that you can establish a career in the coaching industry, then we have a deeper rooted things that we need to unpack together. Let's just go ahead and get started on debunking some myths that are probably keeping you from actually getting started. So the first common myth that comes up that is super, super common is the thought that you need a coaching certification to get started as a coach. The second thought is that the industry is too saturated and there is totally no room for me. The third myth is that you need experience to be a coach. 
The last and most common myth is that people won't pay for coaching. This thought of like, who's going to want to pay to talk to me, right? These are some of the most common myths that I see come up for potential clients and just women that want to start their coaching business in general. And I just want to offer that these are literally just thoughts and beliefs that we have adopted that are not actually really true. So here are the facts. You do not need a coaching certification to start your coaching business. According to the International Coaching Federation, a certification is not required and 63% of coaches have a bachelor's degree or equivalent through work experience. Another important data point to mention is that 54% of managers and leaders are using coaching skills in the workplace currently. So if you're someone that works in the helping profession, chances are that you are already coaching and mentoring people in the workplace. And I also want to offer that your life experience, your work, your self-development and education qualify you. To debunk the second myth and this whole idea of the industry is too saturated, this one I'm going to keep short and sweet. I just want to offer that no one is you and no one can do what you can do like you. And this is something that I tell my clients all of the time, right? Another example of this is like, look at how many beauty industry brands there are, how many Latinx brands or makeup artists there are in the industry, how many freaking types of soda they sell, right? Like everyone has their unique taste and flavor and creative ideas. You just have to believe that you are capable and that your perspective and ideas are unique. And this is something that I support you through inside of my group program as well. I also want to offer that how will you ever get experience if you don't try and you don't take a leap? It is super common, right? That we want to skip that, that phase or that like starting phase, that beginner phase. But let me just say that we don't get to skip that part. And there is so much beauty in it. You learned so much about yourself in the process. And the last myth that I want to debunk is this belief that people will not pay for coaching. And let me just say that this is definitely, definitely not true. According to the International Coaching Federation, the estimated market size of the coaching industry was $15 billion in 2019. And I don't have the most recent numbers, but this was the closest I could get of data to provide you with information for the sake of this episode today. And that just tells us that there's so much money to be made in this industry. And I also want to offer that as of recent years and through the collaborations I've had in the masterminds and group coaching programs I've been a part of, there are so many badass, incredible Latinas that are hitting multi six figures in their coaching businesses as of the last couple of years. So that is still not enough. We still need so much more representation in this industry from a Latina point of view. And that is in all industries in general, not just the coaching space. And this is why I am so passionate about coaching Latinas to start their coaching businesses and to start creating their booked out identity because you have a wealth of knowledge that you are sitting with that needs to be shared with the world and services that need to be offered. The biggest thing that you can do for yourself in this journey 
is surrounding yourself with a support system that is going to uplift you and reassure you of really who you are and encourage you and remind you what you are capable of in the moments where you doubt yourself. That was the biggest thing that I did, you know, especially because not a lot of people around us are leaving their nine to fives like hotcakes, right? I was leaning on the women in my community that were also entrepreneurs. And if you don't have that yet, find that community. Start with investing with a coach or leaning on someone, you know, that you really trust and letting them know, hey, this is really hard for me. I want to do this, but I don't want to feel so lonely in the journey. I just ask that you support me. I know you don't have to understand it, but just all I ask is for your support. Another tip that I have for you if you are wanting to leave your nine to five is really coaching yourself, being aware of the thoughts that are keeping you stuck, that are keeping you from moving forward, that are keeping you from making a decision that you're going to feel empowered by and really just getting coached. I can't tell you how helpful it was to be working with the coach during the time that I was transitioning out of my nine to five because we can't see what other people can see in us, unfortunately. Sometimes it's so much easier to be working with someone that can hold on to a vision before you can see it yourself. So coaching yourself and getting coached daily is going to be so important for you as well. And one of the last things that I have for you is really giving yourself self-compassion, so much of it because you're going to need it. Let go of the shame. You're not supposed to have all of the answers. I started off the episode with saying that to you. And I am going to emphasize it again, because you are going to step into a season of your life where people are not going to get what you are doing, whether that's your partner, your family, your loved ones, your friends, people you thought supported you. It is okay if they don't understand it because they haven't walked the path, right? One of the hardest things that I had to do was like breaking the news to my mom of, hey, mom, I know I'm in a grad program, but I am going to leave my job and I'm going to go full time in my business because Till this day, she still has no idea what I'm what I do. And she just wants to make sure that I'm safe and I'm supported financially. But it took her a while to even accept it, right? Like she was supportive when I broke the news to her because I honestly came to her and told her, listen, like I'm gonna do this one thing. I don't need any opinions because right now I'm in a very vulnerable place and all I need is your support. This is gonna be something that I'm gonna do. I have decided I am supported. I have saved up for reserves. So I don't want you to worry. I just need your support. And she was able to provide me with that. But even if she wouldn't have, it honestly, like I was so decided that I was going to make it happen anyway. And it was uncomfortable. I will say, you know, we all have the Tia's, the Theos, and all of the things and all of the people in our lives that maybe don't quite understand us and that can question us. They probably don't mean it, they don't mean harm. But their questioning can cause you to question yourself. And that's the last thing you need when you're in this transition. So I offer that you give yourself so much self-compassion. You honor the timeline that you're on and your decision and that you have your own back to the process. And just know that you're going to have your back regardless, right? If you took value from this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. This will help other Latina CEOs find us. And if you're excited about this podcast, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Life with Liz. That is L I F E 
W-I-T-H-H-L-I-Z. Mil gracias por estar aquí, and I'll see you in the next episode.